0: Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com/slash-using-your-power. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player.
1: To using your power, this is Maveen Kara, and I'm joined by David Andrew Weeb. David Andrew Weeb, how was your weekend? It's been
0: great, man. I'm really powered up today, but. It's been an unusual weekend, you know. I've had to do some rehearsals to prepare for a show, which I played on Saturday, and that was a lot of fun. But there were just a lot of unknowns and a lot of uncertainties around the show, mainly because the event booker promoter sort of dropped the ball on on this one. It's so interesting because uh, that day I also recorded a video for a music entrepreneur, and I just said in it, "Sometimes you have to go with the flow because you don't know what the details are." But that's literally what it was. Like I really just kind of had to go with the flow with this show, play to the people who. Who showed up, you know, enjoy myself best of the, my, my ability and then leave it all out there, right? Because you can't always control the
1: results. Right on. And sometimes that's the best kind of show you can even have, right? It's like you just kind of impromptu going out there, just making the best of whatever your situation is and, and, and seeing what happens from there. Pretty much, man. Right on. So I had a chance to uh, check out the hockey game on Friday, and that was awesome. And Calgary won, so that was uh, oh, a yeah. good game. Anytime that does happen, uh, they're on a, a hell of a tear right now. You know, they're winning. Uh, I think they've won eleven or twelve out of uh, thirteen games, or twelve. You know, they've only had one loss really in the last little while. So I mean, they're on a tear. And then I had a chance to check out the uh, the uh, car, the auto car show that was here in Calgary as well mm-hmm. over the weekend. And I mean, there's some phenomenal cars out there. Some Crazy technology that's really going into a lot of these cars, and I really never want it makes me want to drive uh, a car under $30,000 ever again. Yeah, (laughs) you know, without trying to be you know boastful or uh, you know, having ego here, but just saying, you know, some of the cars that they're making out there just phenomenal.
0: Well, it sounds like a cool show. I wish I'd I'd been out there too. Obviously, can't do everything, and and playing a show is is going to be more fun, perhaps even than going to an auto show. But would have loved to have been there too.
1: Oh, uh, I don't know if it's more fun than an auto show, buddy. <laughs> you get to see Lambos and get to sit in cars and talk to people, and I mean they're two different things, right? They're they're they completely are. different animals, and you know I don't think you can compare one to the other about being fun or more fun. But uh, you know even being a spectator at a show would have been just as great, or uh, being performing is just as good as well, right? So it just depends on where you are
0: absolutely yeah it definitely depends so to introduce today's topic we're going to do something that's probably a little more lighthearted than than maybe what we even usually do it's basically called reviewing products for fun and profit so if you want to do this just for fun as a hobby as something that you want to do on the side to build an audience potentially or make a little bit of money potentially that's great And if you wanna do it for profit, you can do that too, because that's really kind of part of what we do as online business owners is we create these reviews to attract people to our website so that they can learn more about this product that they they think they might want or need, because they might be in that education phase of the sales funnel. And then maybe we can even bring them to the decision phase by adding an affiliate link in our page and earning a commission on that product. So there's a lot of possibilities here. I'm not saying that anyone is right or wrong, But I think it's going to be a fun topic.
1: No, for sure, and it's totally different, right? I know it's definitely uh, way more lighthearted than our last one we did was on death, and I mean that's a very deep and uh, (laughs) deep topic there, and it's very, it's not easy for everybody to listen to. And I'm, you know, I'm I'm thanking everybody who did listen to that topic. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, this one is, you're right, it's a little bit different, but it is a great business and interest kind of uh, segue that we're we're looking to do right now, right? I mean, uh, there's so many people out there just doing a lot of things for fun, Um, so why not find ways to uh, make money potentially Mm. with what you're doing with with what your hobbies are and I mean there's some really good examples that I know we're going to bring up uh, during this talk so I'm excited to get going.
0: Yeah, I think that's a great perspective, too, because over time, if you do this kind of stuff, you are kind of going to build yourself up as somebody in the industry to watch out for, or to look at or to go to. You might become the go to person for a specific niche of, of particular product reviews. Pretty soon you're being asked to be featured on podcasts or other blogs or maybe within magazines even. So that has that potential to, to go from hobby to something even more major if, if that's something that you're looking to do
1: right no for sure so I guess uh, let's maybe start off and um mm-hmm. what do you want to start off with
0: well, I, I was just gonna say that reviews are essentially really great content for for blogs, for articles. Again, I mentioned magazines a little bit earlier, so you could potentially get your articles in magazines and syndicate them that way. I mean, you could even just take a blog post and syndicate it to a bunch of n- different sites. Let alone even writing a new one makes great content for podcasts and, and videos too. You just have to think about what the product is and and where to review it. I mean, reviewing a DVD on video makes a ton of sense because you could maybe feature clips from that dvd and i think it is fair use if if you you include like video clips within your video as long as you're reviewing it or parodying it which is why there are a lot of these internet critics which i'll be talking about a little bit later too but which is why a lot of these internet critics are able to review these these movies in the first place and Even anything that's visual, really. I mean, writing with a pen, if you're reviewing pens, that can be great for video, too. There's nothing wrong with it, but that may not be great for audio content. So it's just thinking about what content it's really suited for. But, I mean, anybody could write any blog post on virtually any topic. So it's not to say it couldn't make for great content across the board. Just something to think about, like camera reviews. That's great for video, too.
1: Right, exactly. And I mean, there's a a lot of um, websites out there that are doing a lot of different things in the niche markets as well. all over right I mean uh, there's people who review probably water and then computers and phones and pens like you said and and cameras I know um, mm-hmm. you know um, our, our uh, pro blogger is the the per, Darren Rouse is the same person who has a, a website for cameras as well. Review, Digital right?
0: so, photography school.
1: Exactly so I mean he does a lot of different things and not just staying into one niche right so there's a way to uh, review products and build businesses outside of just your one niche you can really grow yourself into many different niche markets as well.
0: Oh, yeah, no question there. And reviewing can be a lot of fun, too. I mean, to give a bit of of an example of my own, like I used to do a lot more movie and and video game reviews. I have a site called Arctic Sunburn, and that's where the domain was, and it kind of just changed over time to AS Movies and Games because that seemed to be better keyword wise and just so people knew what the site was about as well and uh, you know ended up building a YouTube channel just on the side just for fun really the most concerted effort I put in was 2009 and I've occasionally updated it since and but that still got me today like over 130 subscribers and nearly 140,000 views on my uploads
1: and that's putting barely any time into it
0: yeah right i mean when i was doing it in 2009 i thought hey this is something that could lead to profit as well and i was definitely hoping that something i was doing was going to lead to profit because wasn't necessarily working in a regular job or really anything consistent at the time because it was summer But it was something that, yeah, I did for fun. I put a little bit of time in that year. And again, I've since put up some new uploads too, but not something I've done consistently over time. And that still led to those results.
1: No, and that's excellent results, right? Especially if you're not putting too much time into it and now you're kind of getting back to it, which is kind of a uh, potential
0: Yeah, I mean, I would would consider it, right? I mean, last night I watched a movie with with Keanu Reeves called Exposed. I thought it was so bad. I mean, it was a movie that kind of kept you watching to the very end to find out exactly what happened, and maybe some people... I mean, I was kind of tired when I was watching it, but maybe some people would clue in earlier and go just shut it off and go forget this noise. And I, But I sat to the very end and then I was like, oh, that's the worst twist ever. I mean, it was not worth it for me to watch it. Maybe if I was like 14 or 15 years old and th- enthusiastic and excited about everything, went, on, yeah, that's awesome, twist ending. But like having seen so many movies and... Uh, so much stuff by this point I was like oh come on guys you could do a lot better
1: but just to kind of uh, challenge you a little bit but isn't that the whole point of the movie was to make you watch the end of the movie well, obviously it was <laughs> so, it worked, right? so yeah, they were, they succeeded
0: in their goal and that's totally fine you just kind of get I mean this is the whole thing about doing critiques or reviews for, for movies or, or video games is like yeah you do play through to the very end or you do watch through to the very end so you have an informed decision Also, maybe so you can make any comparisons that you wanna make in, in your review. But yeah, I, I mean, there was no, maybe no reason for me to watch to the very end. I just didn't know what the twist was going to be till the very end. So,
1: right. Could you have told, uh, like, by watching it, could you tell what the twist could have been, like, during the uh, well, middle of the movie? That's what I'm saying. I think some people maybe could have oh, okay. clu- clued in sooner. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Because I know it's not uh, easy sometimes to figure these movies out, even though the, the clues are right in front of your face, Ru, right? So, yeah. I mean, then to write about it or, you know, blog about it or make a video on it, right? I know that's uh, kind of a couple of things I'm going to be talking about as well myself
0: well it turns um, out I was reading too deeply into it so
1: oh really okay <laughs> So <laughs> you know, it could have been because you're tired too like you said right so yeah um, but yeah that, it's true though like you can review that and you can tell people your opinion on it and there's nothing wrong because a lot of times people are just looking for other people's opinions and to see if it kind of reflects with something they do want to do or don't want to do and they just need somebody else's opinion to kind of push them in that direction
0: yeah, absolutely. And some of my reviews have done that. I think more often than that, like with bad movie reviews, so often people come after they've actually seen the movie instead of watching the review beforehand to find out if it's something they want to watch or not. But, I mean, when you get unlimited streams on Netflix or if you get, you know, I guess some people out there probably do go to Pirate Bay or whatever else to watch their movies for free. If you're getting it for free, you're not really thinking about that. You're just going to get your entertainment in no matter what. So
1: Right. Well, you know, we've, uh, we've been able to take movie reviews Views a little bit and kind of use them to our advantage as well, right? So that's kind of how we did the uh, Tony Robbins episode there. Yeah. I am not your guru. Because we wanted to be able to, you know, watch movies that are fun to watch, absolutely entertaining. You know, I love watching things blow up. You know, I'm sure a lot of the listeners love, uh, you know, watch movies like that, but a lot of people like something more in depth as well. And that's kind of where that one came from as well. You know, this was pretty in deep. I thought it was a very good movie. You'd seen it and I'd seen it. So we said, hey, why don't we talk about it? Because there are some really good things in here that a lot of people could benefit from if they listen to the episode and then also watch the movie.
0: Yeah, and I don't want to be too quick to praise Netflix for what they're doing. One thing they are definitely doing right is producing their own content. Initially, they attracted a lot of people licensing other people's content, and they still do that, but they've started producing so much of their own content, and I think that's an awesome business model. But I what I will say is they are producing some content that's like, well, whatever. You know, you watch an episode or whatever and you're like, come on, like some of the other stuff I'm watching on here is way better. So you also got to create good quality content, not just your own content, but that's a good starting point.
1: Right. and you know, just to say also, not everybody is going to enjoy every single show on there, right? So even no. all the things that you find bad content will be things that other people find as amazing content, right? I'm not a yep. big, um, I don't like watching shows where I have to tune in every single week to find out what the, the episode is going to be about, right? I, I'd rather pretty much just binge watch the whole show in, in in about six nights, right? And after I'm done everything I'm doing and then I'm caught up, I don't have to worry about it, right? It's kind of what we did with, the. Uh, it's not a Netflix show, but that's what we did with uh, The Walking Dead, right? We mm-hmm. just started it, me and my wife, super late and, you know, seven seasons in, we started it, we binge watched probably within about a week and a half the whole seven series and now we're all caught up and now it's week after week and it's just uh, boring to me because it's like I can't, I don't want to keep waiting for that so you know just to kind of go back to it like when people uh, you know there are so many different shows and just like movies i think is the same not every movie is going to be a hit so every tv show can't be a hit either
0: i think that's the whole thing about reviews is they're subjective anyway so varying people have various viewpoints i think as a reviewer it really is kind of your goal you know if you watch something like ebert or you know roger ebert or like roper or whatever is out there these days you know i guess the main guys kind of passed away but you know watching that kind of stuff they develop a a, a finely tuned perspective they they have a way of looking at things of course they bring their preferences into it all the time they talk about this is what i like this is what i didn't like about it but they watch a ton of movies this is what they do and they gather that perspective of how how does this movie fit in with this particular genre how does this movie fit in with the particular times that we're now in you know comparing it and contrasting it with other movies that were made in, in that similar genre kind of brings that perspective. I was like, has this been done before? Is this new? Is this innovative? Why is it good? So, you know, I think if you're going to, if you're planning to become a professional reviewer, that's something you want to do is make sure you're developing that perspective.
1: I think so too. And you gotta be, a uh, you know, not just be, um, to pushing one agenda either. I think you do have to be open when you are going to be reviewing movies or anything realistically. You have to be open to things that you may or may not like. You know, you, mm-hmm. you have to watch movies by actors or actresses that you may not enjoy but you have to watch it from a place of not judging them to be, oh God, no, not that actor or actress again, right? <laughs> you have to say, you know, it's a brand new person, you know, it's a new role, it's a different role and, you know, there are some actors and actresses out that take the same type of role all the time, right? And they, they continue to because they know know they do very well but you have to watch it as it's a brand new movie you can't compare them always to their old stuff and like you said you really have to compare them on so many different things time genre uh, how valid is it and what's the message and and you know what's the choreography the choreographing of the movie looking like you know what's the the technology behind it all those little factors as well must make a difference
0: absolutely and I think I'm I, I would think I'm fairly well informed but I know that I've got pretty major biases and even loops oh not loops but holes in my understanding as far as how this movie fits into the grand scheme of things which is somebody with with knowledge and experience would be able to shed a light on so there you go
1: yeah for sure and I mean depends on uh, what your interests are too right so depending on the movie that you're watching you might be able to find ways to uh, find movies that fit into your life even though they have absolutely nothing to do with you or who you are or what your hobbies are, nothing like that, right? So the message sometimes can be hidden in that if you're looking for it. Mm-hmm. So.
0: What do you got there, Matt?
1: What do I got? So my next <laughs> one is uh, listen to music and then we're doing reviews on it, right? So nice. I thought that was uh, something to bring up because, you know, this is something I had initially started uh, a couple of, Maybe about a year and a half ago, two years ago, when I first started blogging, I thought it would be kind of a neat idea because I wasn't sure. I didn't really see anybody reviewing lyrics. I saw people reviewing music albums and stuff like that, but no one was really reviewing lyrics uh, that were being made by artists and different artists, different genres. So one of the things I thought it could be an interesting thing to do. So I was, you know, I'm always looking for you know the positive and everything. So my thing was, you know, how many different positive messages can I find in these lyrics and and you know and then review it and then blog. about it, right? That was one of the biggest things that I thought. And, you know, I'd stopped it for a while because I just, you know, it's, it's tough listening to music all the time, especially when you're trying not to listen to music that's got a negative message as well, right? You know, unfortunately, hip-hop does have messages about drugs and alcohol and womanizing mm-hmm. and all this stuff, but there are still some really positive things that the artists do say uh, in between all the stuff that's negative as well, right? So I, I had to kind of put a stop to that because it wasn't where I was mindset-wise, but now kind of dabbling back into it and seeing you know uh, what can I find out there that's maybe positive and there may be nothing in the hip-hop so I may have to look at other genres.
0: I know when you were first doing that, you kind of became the interpreter for the listener, right? You explained what these lyrics meant so that the listener would gain a better understanding of it, which is a cool place to start. But really, I think where the reviewing part would come in is where you begin to express your opinions and your thoughts about the song and what it, what it means to you and how that matters. I think that's where the you know, true reviewer comes out.
1: No, you're right on that one. Absolutely right. And, and I didn't want to start off as reviewing the lyrics because I can't. I haven't lived those lyrics. Right, so I can't mm-hmm. really, especially when I look at hip hop, right, and someone says, you know, they're from the street and this is how they grew up. I can't judge that, you know, and it's very hard to review lyrics as being good or bad sometimes. Um, I can definitely tell you if the song, the beat, if it makes sense with that, I can, I love looking at that kind of stuff. That is it, but I can't tell you, you know, did it, what Jay Z just say, for example, is that a great lyric or not? His bank account tells me his lyrics are pretty great, or his business savvy does at least and i know that
0: i did occasionally album reviews and still do them sometimes i used to do a lot more of those i mean that's a more comprehensive way of maybe reviewing a product in a sense these days because of like singles coming out more often or eps coming out more often you could totally just review songs that you like or don't like you know part of the thing of reviewing products in in general really is if you know if you're doing it for fun you're probably not necessarily re- reviewing all the most popular things that are out there that people love, like the mass market stuff. But if you're doing it for profit, then you probably would want to go more so in that direction. Cause if you're reviewing things, nobody knows about Nobody's going to click on your affiliate link. So there there's different ways of approaching it. I mean, I think I started reviewing stuff that was somewhere in the middle, just stuff that, that I enjoyed and had some mass appeal, but maybe stuff that had also been forgotten because of time Or even more niche stuff that was like guitar rock that, you know, only guitarists might be interested in.
1: For sure. And you do need to know who your market is that you're going to be you know, talking to or blogging to or, you know, putting a video out to on YouTube, for example, right? But, uh, you know, it's same. you're right. Um, when you when I started on that th- side of things, I really just wanted to see was there a positive message that I could find for people. So people who judge music sometimes as, oh, music can be negative or, you know, it doesn't really have a good message or whatever. Showing them, hey, you know, there's messages within people's struggle. And that message can be positive if you can see the message of through people's struggle, right? So That's kind of the way I was looking at it, and and you're right, if I wanted to review the album, uh, I mean, I could have reviewed the album, but there's a lot of album reviews already out there, and I just don't Mm -hmm. want to be another album reviewer, but I want it to be someone who could tell people about lyrics and the positive message in lyrics and how they can use those messages to live a better life.
0: Well, that's what I like about what you did. You kind of found your own unique angle and way to review the music and not just do another album review. And you're right. I mean, if you want to rank for stuff like that in search engines too, depends on what it is, but it might be tougher to rank. And unless you're, talking to artists potentially that would also be interested in marketing your blog and or helping you promote that review that you that you painstakingly created for them, really it's going to be hard to bring traffic to your site. So
1: It's true. And it depends on whose music you're reviewing as well, right? I mean, yeah. if you're reviewing artists that are very well known, yeah, you know, if, if I was reading, because I thought about it, if I was reviewing their albums, you know, if I type in the word Jay-Z as an example, there's so many things that are going to show up on under his name and then if I try to make it a little bit more simplified and I wrote jay-z reasonable doubt for example his first album um, there's still going to be so many pages just on his first album right so I had to find a way to be different and still be able to rank for what I wanted to rank for for his album and his name and, and whatnot right so I had to find a, a unique way and again I'm talking about success so I find mm-hmm. that you know talking about success in his lyrics would be a unique way and something that's different that different than no one else is doing so if somebody else does start doing it Hey, give me some props. <laughs> nice. <laughs>
0: the, the upside to this, the whole thing too, is that there's more music more recorded music available than there ever was so i i would doubt that there's many major publications that are even keeping up with it all and if you're talking about rolling stone i mean i don't i don't really subscribe to that as like the highest quality publication that's available it just happens to be one of the mainstream and more popular ones and so you know props to that that's there's nothing wrong with that but i mean they might have one sentence reviews for albums they don't like and they don't like it for whatever reason It might not even be a good reason they're just like yeah um beck is like 20 years old by this point and he's not relevant anymore so we don't like his album. Fine, you don't like it but I think Beck fans would love it. So
1: Exactly. I think you have, like we said earlier right about the the movies. You have to really not have your um negative hat on, you really got to be open-minded to what the artist is doing, right? I mean, we look at artists like uh, ACDC, they've been around forever, and, and they're still doing their thing, right? And, and if people were saying, well, ACDC's not relevant anymore, I, I beg to differ for the 70,000-plus fans that fill up stadiums for these guys mm-hmm. whenever they perform, right? So just because somebody else doesn't understand what the you know the angle of the person uh, performing is doesn't mean they're not a good artist or they're washed up or whatever
0: Well, it really is just about your editorial voice. So, like I said, you know, developing that balanced perspective through experience and knowledge and skill is very important. At the same time, if you if your review sounds like everybody else's, why are they going to come check it out? So, your blog still needs a voice. And obviously, in the case of Rolling Stone, they're okay with doing one sentence reviews at times, and that's part of their voice. So, that there's nothing wrong with that either. I think it's actually a very important process to come across as, as somebody with a perspective on things.
1: Yeah, for sure. And you can even tell, like not saying anything bad about them as well, but if they're only putting one sentence into the the whole album review, it could probably tells you how important that album really was to them or exactly. what they really thought about the album, right? So they really didn't want to give it a chance. You know, you could probably put three or four good sentences <laughs> together to really give maybe a comprehensive view of what that album really sounded like and what that was like. But if you're saying, yeah, th- thumbs up or thumbs down really doesn't give a reason for somebody to understand why you gave that thumbs thumbs up and thumbs down. And they're definitely an authority on um, mm-hmm. music, especially, you know, they built that brand for themselves and people are going to listen to what they're saying about those reviews. And if, and you know, they're not just doing it for fun, I know that for sure. Uh, whatever no. they say can create a huge profit for the uh, performers or not, no profit for the performers.
0: Yeah, that's definitely where voice comes in as well is to create that profit. Any of these online magazines, Forbes entrepreneur success they all have a particular voice and and a spin to the way that they want to publicize and distribute and and talk about their content so those are things they've deliberately thought about because they are doing it for profit for sure
1: for sure so what's uh what's the next one
0: well, I wanted to talk about a, a little bit more detail. We've referenced it already, but affiliate marketing or becoming an affiliate to earn money on the, the product reviews that you do. Again, this is something you can do whether whether you're doing it for fun or for profit. I mean, many affiliates, except for maybe Amazon Associates, won't penalize you for having not having like thousands of clicks to, like directed to their website. Most affiliates are fine with you just promoting the product. And th- I think over time, they want to see growth just like anybody else. And if you're a blogger, obviously you want to see growth over time too. And maybe it's one post will just kind of catch on and start to direct traffic to your site. But most of the time they're not worried about how many clicks they're getting from your site or not because they have many affiliates and anybody can sign up to be an affiliate that's willing to or interested in promoting. I think there are a few out there that have some stipulations that you can't sign up for without a certain amount of traffic or certain number of clicks guaranteed but many of them are you know, are open. And you would be surprised how many companies offer those, those affiliate partnerships if you just go looking for them. And even if you can't find them kind of in their footer of their website, sometimes if you email them and ask them, they go, oh yeah, we have an affiliate program. They're just not promoting it for whatever reason. So, And even if people approach me about affiliate, they can absolutely become an affiliate of my new music industry book. And some people have, and that helps me sell more of those books. So earning commissions on affiliates, some people make... tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars just on affiliates alone. We know that Pat Flynn probably makes upwards of a million of a year in revenue, not necessarily in profit, on, on some of the affiliate promotions that he does with, with Bluehost and, and whatever else. So you can even approach web hosting companies. Amazon's a good catch-all one, and there are so many others out there that if you just approach them and talk to them, I have relationships with with certain companies in the music industry like Ditto Music many of them have affiliate programs that you know because they want to appeal to the same maybe target audience as as you are depending on what your blog is positioned for and be able to talk to your audience as well so
1: Not for sure and, and you, I look at affiliate marketing as a franchise opportunity, right? So really, that's all it really is. It kind of is. Yeah, you know, you have a a product and other people may want to partner up with you. So that's kind of like the different franchisees that want to have your product in their stores or in their, you know, or they want to open up a McDonald's like you did, right? So, uh, and they're willing to go, the internet's really any, your website is a location that they can be in in any location. And the more locations you have, the better chance you have to sell your product to the masses of people, right? And the people who do the best marketing may have the best location. Or may have the best uh, website or whatever, tend to grow their business, tend to grow their sales, just like any McDonald's would do. Or McDonald's would do right. now you look at, for example, just in this example. So if you're in McDonald's in downtown in any city, would that one do better, or what? Which would one do uh, great? That's in the middle of nowhere. You know, obviously the one that's downtown would do a lot better because it's able to attract more attention, more crowds, and sell more items, right? So same thing is when you look at affiliate marketing in, in that type of strategy uh, and look at how. Um, franchising works. I think it like really helps people really understand what affiliate marketing is and how to earn money from it because there are a lot of people that you can partner up with. And so that means there's all those different franchisees that you have access to.
0: Another way of looking at it is, you know, a store like Walmart has many products and some of them are exclusive to Walmart, but some of them you can find just about anywhere. So, it, it, you know, having your, the same product in different stores is another way that you could think about affiliate marketing, too.
1: Absolutely true. And that's, and that's exactly what bookstores do, right? I mean, you have uh, there's bookstores and you have online bookstores and you have b- different websites and bloggers promoting uh, different books on their um, websites and, and blogs and, and, and through YouTube and through whatnot. And of course, you know one thing I just learned a little while ago. I didn't never realized it was Amazon is probably one of the largest bookstores or book uh, sellers at least on the internet, right? And they've mm, just done that because yeah. people have chosen to use Amazon as a way to uh, sell books, right? Because they can sign up for their affiliate program, which you mentioned earlier, and uh, and then they can get that product out.
0: Yeah, and they started that way, right? Amazon was a bookstore. Now they sell virtually everything, but that was kind of their beginning.
1: Yeah, for sure. And so, I mean, they've been able to do good that way. And I mean, we're affiliated, uh, I believe you're affiliated on your website and Mm -hmm. myself as well on my website for uh, Amazon as well. And they've been good to us. And, uh, you know, you can listen to a lot of different people who will teach you exactly how to make hundreds of thousands of dollars on Amazon. We're not going to quite teach that quite yet because we haven't done it yet, right? So we don't have the, the authority to teach that yet. But I mean, as we get into that and we start making more money using Amazon as an affiliate, we can actually start teaching what we did and maybe teach it how... How it can be done differently.
0: And I am affiliated with a dozen or so companies myself. That's still not a ton, but I think it's best to focus on the ones that give you results and you kind of just test that out and see what works, what's giving you the most traffic in terms of the posts that you're getting, what's getting you the most clicks, what are people actually following you through on after coming to your website, and what are you earning commissions on, if any commissions at all, because it's not just about clicks. So those are the kinds of things that you would look at as you're, you know, getting signed on as an affiliate for different companies or, or different products. Also, it's, a, it's to a, the whole point of keeping things simple. I mean, it's a much easier to just work with two or three affiliates as opposed to two or 300 affiliates because that gets really hard to track. And then you have dashboards with all of them keeping track of, you know, how much money you've made and all that kind of stuff. So that gets a little bit crazy
1: for sure and and I mean you got to start small right and then as you build your team you could probably build your how many affiliates you deal with as well and that's the one thing I've learned just listen to so many different podcasts and uh, you know when when the, the person is a uh having the person on the show um, you know they may discuss an affiliate program prior to having the guest on the show and understand you know we're going to have a you know we want to know what your expertise at but we're also going to have your product here to promote after the show during the show or at the starting of the show and as that's happening that affiliate program's already been decided and and the idea is to get people if they like what the our, uh, you know person had to say on the podcast more people will come listen to the podcast and then they will go to the affiliate program click on the link you know it's usually like using your powercom uh, slash in this case we have audible as one of our affiliates right so mm-hmm. uh that's well,
0: they're actually a sponsor so there is a slight differentiation there
1: okay fair enough but it's you know it's a the same type of idea right so you'll get the the you'll have the url in this case and then the person can go and click on it and buy the buy the um uh, product as well.
0: Yeah, exactly. So they can start their trial and then become a, a member of Audible potentially down the line. But yeah, it, it's a very similar idea as far as how the payment would be structured and how that all works.
1: Exactly, yeah. So just to kind of give an idea, right? So in all, a lot of times when people hear uh, different, um, you know, let's say, for exa- example, an author of a book on a podcast, any podcast, doesn't really matter, sometimes those terms are talked about prior to uh, the, yeah. the podcast taking place because there is some sort of business involved in doing Doing these podcasts because they're not always just for free. There is an agenda as well to grow the business for both the podcaster and the person who's joining as a guest. Yeah, no, that's
0: a really good point because usually you do have to disclose not necessarily your earnings, but the fact that you are posting affiliate links in your site. So even if it's just like the bare minimum, and, and you know, talk to a legal person to find out exactly what you need to do in your state or your area or whatever. Uh, you know, we're not experts in that regard, but ha- at minimum, most. You know, companies will require you to say on your website, "This is an affiliate link at minimal," you know, and say that you will earn commissions on sales that are you know, or anything that people purchase through that link
1: right and I think that's an excellent idea too because when you tell people you'll be making money you know not from them but because it's, it's going to come from the purchase price not from they're not paying the person who's buying is not paying an extra 30% no. for the product it's actually 30% of whatever the buying price is which is the normal price across the board for anybody even if they were to buy it through Amazon buy it at a store or buy it on the link right so it's the same 30% but that 30% profit that's built into it or the price is just going to be paid to the to our self for example or instead of going directly to the the person who made the product
0: and it's just more honest and transparent to have that disclosure on your website
1: yeah i agree um, so I guess the next one is just kind of sticking on the online kind of thing right now. Uh, I was looking at thinking about food blogs and I can, we've hit them on music, we've hit on movies. So I said, hey, why don't, why don't we talk about food? Because that's another thing. I think we both enjoy eating quite a bit and yeah. uh, not that our physiques show it, but we do love eating. And uh, we, you have food Fridays and I have cheat, uh, cheat day Saturdays doesn't rhyme at all but you know it doesn't have to Um, but it it, you know it is something that we enjoy so these are things that we can definitely uh, talk about and blog about and and the cool thing about having stuff like uh, Instagram is you can use hashtags to promote it and you know you got your uh, food Friday hashtag and uh, myself and my wife we actually just uh, have um, a profile just called taste the dish right so we'll just actually on Instagram post pictures of dishes that we've either eaten or made at home or gone out and eaten and uh, you know just kind of share what the world, some of the healthy things we're eating and definitely some of the non-healthy things we're eating because like, you know, I know, I know people say you live one life only and uh, we do want to enjoy, but we also want to enjoy longevity as well. So yeah. that's why we choose to eat healthy and then have a, a cheap meal here and there.
0: I love that example. And it really is for fun. I mean, it's not like I'm affiliated with places like Peter's Drive-In or Chili's or Clive Burger, which Matthew and I went yes. to, went together and that was pretty enjoyable, always always a good time there they even have custard milkshakes which we didn't get that they? time oh, yeah man. but that would have been awesome because i love custard that's a different I, mean, I don't know how that would be <laughs> i think it'd be great man i think it would uh, you know be what we should a, go a back and give it a try yeah i think so i think it'd be a match made in heaven, heaven to be honest you
1: think so <laughs> yeah okay well they better add chocolate to it because anything with chocolate I, th- I, think <laughs> I think is great yeah you can get a chocolate one <laughs> you can get
0: custard in a variety of flavors can you oh yeah. man okay <laughs> but yeah the point being that that is all it's all fun i mean me Maybe if they, if they have enough followers or if they're getting a bunch of traffic because of your promotion, they might approach you later and say, you know what? You just brought in uh, 400 customers over the course of the year. I mean, to us, that equates to this amount of dollars. We would love for you to continually promote our restaurant. Maybe. I mean, that's oftentimes what celebrity you know, commissions are, are structured on when they promote something through through Twitter or become an endorser or whatever of, of a Coke product or show up in their commercials or whatever else. I think Justin Timberlake's kind of in the habit of, of buying certain companies or investing in certain companies and then appearing in their commercials. So there you go. I mean there's there's kind of that immediate reward built in in a way.
1: Right, and, and, it, and you can start off really small. I think I love what you said, right? You smart, start off small, you just it's your passion. If food is your passion and eating and, and reviewing it and telling people what you enjoyed about it, I know there's a lot of different people on places like Instagram, probably Pinterest as well, not really on there as much for food, but Instagram's so easy to see because all your friends are posting foods and they'll say, you know what, the great place to eat at, it was awesome, you got to try the fries or you got to try whatever. You know, you, you said you got to try the shake, right? So this is the one thing that we hadn't had and, you know, we got to go back and, Try it now because we you know, it's a suggestion. So, uh, but those are things that people's reviews. These are real, genuine reviews of ours, and we're saying you know let's go take a look at it, and um, it, we're also promoting it and telling people you know, and that's what reviews should do. So if you have a, your own food blog, you know you can you can partner up with people, and people will probably look to partner up with you, especially if you've been able to attract thousands of people, and there are certain type of blogs that just attract a lot more people, and sometimes I find news and food blogs tend to be great blogs for that but Mm -hmm. uh, food i think is a lot better at least it's a little bit more positive than the news because news is so ever-changing and you're if you're blogging about it or youtubing or making videos about news those same things change so much that you're probably going to be a lot busier where if you're doing a food blog at least you can go out your own time you can eat as you wish you know you have your three meals a day and if you want to blog about all of them great Uh, and and then you can review and tell people what it was you can also then tell people what your um, results were from eating that food too
0: And this is also a bit of a sidetrack, but to me, this is also a thing about, you know, what would you do if you had unlimited time and unlimited money? I mean, I think that's important to think about, especially if if you're in business, because why else are you building that business? It's about finding that motivation that you're driving towards, first of all, but also having something to do when you are, quote unquote, rich and free, whatever that means to you. If you haven't decided, or if you haven't thought about that, I mean, now's the time to begin thinking about that. If you've, whether you're five years into business or 10 years into business, if you haven't reached that point of being free, you want to think about that right now, make a plan. What is it that you're going to do more of? I know what I'm going to, do more of I'm going to test you know I'm going to travel I'm going to taste the world's foods I'm going to meditate I'm going to exercise more I'm going to play more music so I have those creative things laid out in front of me and and that's something that motivates me and also a plan for what I'm going to do when I'm free and still be productive so
1: Wonderful. I love that because you're right. You do need to have a plan of of what you want to do once you've become financially free. And on the way to becoming financially free, if it's reviewing products or whatever your business strategy is, because most of the times you'll find a lot of people start doing whatever they enjoy as a hobby, right? And and it may be just for fun at the beginning and typically is. And then they find that there is a way to make money because people say, hey, you're really good at what you're doing. Or, you know, I'll I'll pay you if you show up to my event. And it's just like... Wait a minute. If one person's going to pay me, wonder if more than one person can pay me. And this generates business ideas and ways to be affiliated with other people, not necessarily through uh, online marketing, but you can be affiliated with people uh, and have sponsors for your show or for your business or whatnot, right? And and that can really take you in directions that grow you and, and you don't even realize because that's not what your objective was. You were just really good at something, you kept doing it, maybe knowing that you wanted to somehow be free someday, but really didn't know how. And those things that show up sometimes are great signs on how to do it.
0: Yeah, and it's also to this whole power of building a blog. I mean, many opportunities have crossed your path. I would encourage you to look at them carefully to determine whether or not they're right for you. But some people are going to come to you and say, hey, you know, your blogs have been built up to this point. We'd really like to advertise on your website or we'd like to do some sponsored content on your website. So building that blog and that audience can lead to that kind of authority. That I just cut a deal like that recently and I'm looking forward to seeing more content from them. But they already sent me their first payment and, and first article, which I am going, that's great. Because, you know, in the near future, my goal is going to be to derive most of my income from that business while I'm focusing on building out an an app or building out a website for another opportunity that that I'm thinking of doing. So, you know, I've already went through a streamlining process last year with my work schedule and I'm looking at doing it again this year to pursue other things.
1: And isn't that kind of what it's about, right? You have the ability to do the things you want. Uh, either if you know, if again, like all we were talking about, if you're a movie uh, reviewer, food reviewer, music reviewer, it really doesn't matter what kind of reviews you do. It is really does to come down to streamlining your process so you can do more things yeah. uh, for the future, right? So, and one of the things that I've done also is just kind of look at where I want to be in life. Uh, so you know, I know you were talking about meditating and traveling and and eating good food and all that. So one of the things I've done is instead of saying you know why wait 20 30 years so i can get to that or five years even uh so i can get to that i started meditating already this year so as of um i don't even know what day we are today but march 20th you know i've already done 76 days which is actually more meditation than i had done last year so that means i haven't missed one day this year uh But I've made myself five, 10 minutes a day to do it, or even 15, 20 sometimes, depending on what kind of time I have. Uh, My goal was to meditate in the morning. Sometimes it's, uh, lately it's been happening in the evening, you know, but that's okay. But as long as I do it, I've made that uh, more uh, part of my lifestyle and said, okay, I'm still going to do everything I need to do. If it means I got to stay up a little, a little bit later. So I stay up a little later, you know, a little bit of sleep really has never killed anybody. Might make you tired, but you know what? That's sometimes what the weekends are for. Sleep in the extra hour on the weekend, get up and do some extra stuff right.
0: I call that basically trial runs at freedom, which to me is what food Friday is, is all about. It's giving myself that opportunity to see if this is something that I enjoy. And when I am like free and able to spend my time, however I want to, well, I still enjoy it without testing it out and without trying it out, how how am I going to know? So, I mean, I know from experience through going through my life, some of the things that I enjoy. So I don't have to think too long and hard about some of the things that that I want to do, but I just thought it was a really good, great question. And if you don't have an answer to that, you're kind of lost because I mean, you know, the whole thing about an entrepreneur is let's create a pipeline, but let's create more pipelines once we have one pipeline. And that's something that I'll probably do as well. I mean, I I could see myself doing that, but I'm also going to take some time to enjoy that freedom. So it's also, you know, doing those trial runs to see what you enjoy.
1: For sure, right? And it depends on what you want to make for money, to, money wise, and it depends on where you want your life to be and look like, right? So you may be making, let's say, for example, one hundred fifty thousand with your business, and it's steadily growing, let's say, at ten percent, and you may enjoy that, and you say, you know what, that's more than enough. I'm happy. I'm gonna go. I'll still be able to do everything I ever want to do with my life, and you know, with a small ten percent increase year after year after year, uh, you know, I don't need to do any more than that, you know. But you might say, hey, you know what, I'm not enjoying this one hundred fifty thousand dollar lifestyle. I might wanna. $500,000 life. So I, want 000, 000 life. So I want a million dollar life. I want know eight-figure lifestyle every year and continually growing. Uh, I want to start eight-figure businesses or ten-figure businesses or I want a billion-dollar business or whatever it is. You want to sell your app for uh, you know uh, to, I don't know, to Instagram or to Facebook. I guess that's the parent company there. You want to sell it to them for a billion dollars. I mean, whatever your goals and dreams are and aspirations are, go for it absolutely. And a lot of that can happen because you're out there having a good time but finding ways to take your good time and turn it into something that's profitable
0: yeah and something productive i think that's still important to me like being on purpose you know fortunately i have that example of people in my life who are financially independent but still on purpose about building certain projects or communities and things like that so i have that model to follow as well which is cool
1: For sure. So, uh, I guess, are we moving on to the next one? Let's do it. Okay, is it you or me?
0: I think it might be me, because you just had that point about, what was it? Food.
1: Food. Okay. Okay. Which we didn't really talk about food, but I think it really got into a good conversation about what all three of those food, music, and um, movies really mean about lifestyle. So...
0: Yeah, that's very true. <laughs> I think people might hopefully took away some things from the food because, you know, that, like I said, or like you said, Taste of Dish, Food Friday, all that kind of stuff is kind of just reviewing food for fun, trying what's out there, seeing what's good, seeing what you enjoy. I wanted to talk about internet critics, and these are people who definitely do both of what's fun and profitable for themselves, and you can even see that some of them have adjusted what they do over time because maybe they don't want to go in that same direction they, they used to be, or maybe they don't want to continue making co- the types of video content that they started out making and, and becoming known for. I mean, we all have to be careful, but once you've built your audience, if you're doing reviews, if you continue to do reviews, and as long as they're still entertaining, people are still going to come and, and check them out. I mean, some of my favorites and some that I've continued to watch because I, I like to laugh and you know, if I'm taking a break or, or whatever, I might check, check out some of these, but I've seen most of their episodes by now. So until they make new ones, I'm often just kind of sitting there waiting to see when, when they're going to come out with a new one, but there's stuff like Angry Video Game Nerd, Nostalgia Critic, The Spoonie Experiment was one of my favorites. He's just kind of not really doing much anymore besides like live streams, which is fine. That's kind of his thing, I guess, but I'm not really huge into live streams. So I don't watch those most of the time. Go 47 zero forty seven or let's get and he seems to be a busy guy. he just doesn't get around to as much as he would like, but he still posts monthly updates. so there you go you go check out and see what he's up to. The game theorists and the film theorists I mean Matt Pat is somebody I'm sure tons of people on. YouTube already know and it's really interesting he will delve into sometimes the the hidden science behind games or even theorize how something like you know the Kamehameha wave from Dragon Ball could actually work in theory in real life he'll explore a lot of topics like that so that's pretty interesting John Tron is, is somebody that that makes me laugh a lot too so <laughs> those are those are some some of the reviews or reviewers that I checked out I mean I've watched so many other internet critics but like I said these people started out very much doing something that they enjoyed doing found it resonated with an audience and then over time they built their audience to where it could be something of profit I mean we might not be talking high six figures or anything like that but some of these people certainly can can earn a a good five-figure you know income in a year
1: right on and these guys are pretty much doing the same things that we talked about it sounds like you know Mm -hmm. they're reviewing things that many people in society want to know something about and i mean gaming is huge right and and it's been a massive industry since you know the 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 atari and the commodore 64 (laughs) came out back in the early or i guess late 70s to early 80s and since then the gaming industry has just taken off with xbox and whatnot and all these guys that are reviewing is also out there you know helping people understand and navigate through that and i I know a lot of reviewers will sometimes play the game and and there'll be thousands upon thousands of people who log on to live stream, watch these guys play a a video game, right? So, I mean, it's, it's huge and they're taking advantage and sometimes it's a paid for site that you have to pay maybe, I don't know, a subscription to watch somebody else play a game which is not really unrealistic because we pay uh, people $60, $100 a ticket for one event to watch them play a hockey game or some sort of sporting game. So really no different than what these guys are doing, but they've maybe done it on a smaller scale for a, a larger audience.
0: Yeah, Twitch and stuff like that is pretty popular. And you even see people do like speed runs or try to go for the world record run in something like Super Metroid or or Mario 64 or games like that, which have been among the most, believe it or not, ran games for, for speed runs. So that's also fascinating. I mean, I used to check out speed runs on YouTube as well and see how people are finishing games so fast. And sometimes it's just hacks or glitches or whatever percentage. with But, you know, some people have also tried or on towards like a hundred percent complete speedrun, which in some games as we know i mean that's insane amount of stuff to to get through depending on the game so
1: right so you know just to kind of give I would like to, one of my examples was actually about video games as well not that mm-hmm. i'm very versed in video games and whatnot but i was actually just uh, listening to a, a conference um that was uh on back in November by Donald Kelly called Do Big Things and one of the speakers there was a gentleman by the name of Danny Pena and I hope I say his name right and if I didn't I'm so sorry uh, it's a it's a Latin last name so it's got a P E N with the little squiggly or the tilde I believe it's called and an A at the end for his for his name so uh, but he he started off basically in the same idea right he was a hobbyist right so uh, his uh, from what I understood his uncle had bought a video camera for his first video camera back in 1980 or. And, you know, he was fascinated by it. And then his grandma turned around and bought him his first um, video game. And he took those two passions and combined them, right? And he started a a website with a couple other guys there called uh, Gamertag Radio, Mm. right? And I'm not sure if you've heard that. No, right, or so maybe. You may have, right? And and kind of what he did was he went out there and he put himself out there, right? So he took his hobby and started building on it. And he took some of the stuff that was happening in Miami at the time and in, in Florida at the time and started capitalizing on that. And he's, I guess, by the sounds of his, you know, he sounds really good at sales. And he's not a very salesy looking guy, but he's, he's obviously very versed in it. And he's obviously... um knew how to use the what was happening in music at the time and hip-hop at the time and really you know uh, started throwing parties and gamer parties and stuff like that and he would go to different events and you know the people from Microsoft would be there and he'd interview them and soon those people said to him hey we want you at our event and we want you to ask questions we want you almost hosting these events and so he took his passion and hobby and made it something bigger right and not knowing what that direction would be he just kept doing what he thought was the right thing to do uh, getting people engaged and, and just finding ways to be engaged and important in that um, segment that he wanted to be in, right? And something I just found, I don't even know there was such a thing, but I guess there's a podcaster hall of fame. And he got Mm. indicted to it uh, after being doing what he's been doing for well over ten years. So I thought that was massive. And knowing that there are uh, people like this who can start with, you know, from scratch, realistically, uh, from a vision that they had in 1980, and get inducted to a Hall of Fame that I didn't even know about uh, in about 2015 or so. Uh, You know, so 25, 20, 30 years later, almost, and in in an industry that never even existed, podcasting didn't exist back then. But he able to work with what's been coming, and he took something that was fun, made it profitable, and is still having a great time with it. So I just wanted to kind of talk about that. Because I mean, it's a really cool success story of somebody who's, you know, took take took something that's a product and made it fun.
0: It's not really not that different than my story. Like, I never made it that huge in, in the review space. So maybe it was just not something that I was meant to do with at that scale. But You know, I did video game reviews. I did an interview with Tommy Talerico, which is one of the, you know, the countries or I guess North America's most prolific video game composers so he writes music for video games and he's he's done a ton of that kind of work and that led me to the point where i applied to SAIT, which is a university i guess technical university here in in, in calgary southern alberta <laughs> southern alberta institute of technology yeah there you go. i think that's it so i applied to that for the new media course which included things like podcasting video games building websites all the kind of stuff that i'd already had some skill and experience in and you know they, they had I, I did get into the course. They just didn't have enough seats. There was already too many re- registrants, so I didn't really get in and I didn't decide to go back. But also, you know, you might have noticed that I said I had experience in these things, like maybe whatever they would have taught me. I there's It's possible I would have known all that stuff already or I would have known a good chunk of it without even getting into, you know, paying lots of money to get into a course to do it in the, in the first place.
1: Well, the good so, thing is you've actually been able to learn all that stuff by uh, starting your own business. And, that's right. And you've learned the business side of things because usually that's the hardest thing to learn uh, no matter what you do. Uh, you know, they, school teaches you theory from what I know and you going out there, learning how to start your own business online really taught you something that the school could have only taught you in theory, but you actually learned how to do it in reality. No doubt that
0: that's very much so, and really the idea at the time was to sort of combine that passion of, of music and video games and potentially get into the video game composing space. I mean that's something that I might do anyway, and you know I continue to make music throughout my life, so who knows what could happen, right? But that at that this point in time, it's kind of more of a hobby. I mean, I do have a fairly active music career, but it's not like I'm dedicating my nine to five life to it or anything. So I'm just perfect. your
1: five to. Nine. Nine, not your nine to five.
0: something like that <laughs> yeah, it's probably not even that much, but that is one way of of saying it for sure and, and you know that is that is a lot of fun but you know, combining their different passions, I think that's a great place to look. Like, what's the intersection of two things that you are interested in that would be an unusual combination? You know, something like uh, nerd fitness, I think, is a popular example. He built his audience just kind of by appealing to nerds and things they would be familiar with, whether it was Star Wars, Star Trek, certain video game references or whatever, and talking about fitness and how nerds could get fit too. So
1: so wonderful too because it's using what's already out there. It's fun and, and people that – in his, and again, it comes down to just knowing your niche and knowing how to speak to the market that yes. you want to uh, talk to in that segment and and, and it sounds like a great thing that he did too. Right? Everybody wants to be fit, I think, in some uh, capacity. You're not saying everybody wants to be Mr. Universe or Mrs. Universe or – whatever uh but miss every, america miss or america or whatever they are the, the you know the pageants there um but everybody wants to be thin and i think not thin necessarily but lean or in shape and wants to live a long life so i mean for this guy to find that you know there are this segment of quote unquote nerds out there that want to be fit and no one wants to teach them because maybe they're too shy or they just don't really know anyone to go to the gym and maybe made fun of or whatever it is hey i can do that i can teach this person how to do something because they're afraid to maybe take the next step and they'll continue learning learning for me until they get the confidence because a part of being, you know, uh, building your own body is having the confidence to build it anywhere you want too, right? So, I mean, great product idea there as well.
0: You know, something that I thought of as as you were giving that that example of of the video games earlier Mav was just something that I should have done when I was still doing my video game blog and and review blog was you know, we had a bit of a community. We did LAN games on the weekends on a weekly basis for quite a while. I don't know, maybe a couple of years or something like that. And it was a lot of fun. And I guess for those who don't know, I mean, that's just local area network. Basically, everybody connected through the same internet connection or local connections that you could play multiplayer games on on individual computers. Uh, you know, that's something that I should have incorporated more into my own blog. And that way, you know, the content could have been a ton of content could have been created every single week, whether it was just filming what was going on with every all the individuals who are part of the party or filming our screens so that we could capture some game footage. I mean, there, there would have been so many opportunities for me to incorporate that type of content. I just wasn't thinking about that at the time.
1: Well, exactly. And sometimes you don't know because it's not on your top of mind or it's not your focus. And again, it hasn't been done yet by somebody else sometimes. Right. So sometimes looking at the success of other people uh, like Danny um, can be a great way for you to incorporate your his ideas back into your business. Not necessarily the exact same way, because, you know, he's the only guy that can be himself. Right. But you can find ways to do the exact same thing, just like I can find ways, uh, although I'm not a gamer, and I'm not in the gaming space, but I can take the ideas that he presented in there, such as going to events and talking to people. Well, that's a great advice. It doesn't matter what space you're in. That's great advice. That's very true.
0: And I'm not in the, the video game review space niche or that kind of thing anymore, at least not to the extent that I, that I used to be. But that was something that I, that I did quite a bit of and you know, took fairly seriously at, at, at various points.
1: Yeah, for sure. And, and you may have grown out of it, and you may have not, right? But I mean, there's always a way to get back into something. I mean, yeah. especially if you have a lot of interest then in if that's what you want to be focused in. Uh, I know with him, for example, I don't think he's focused too far out of video games and and whatnot. So again, having a, a, a podcast called Game Tag Radio, it tells me they're not too far out of it. But um, I mean, they might venture into areas that are very similar, um, but probably not, you know, too far out of it, right? So again, if you're doing music, definitely a great place to be, but there is music and games too. So there's a Big way time. to find ways to incorporate what you're doing with the gaming aspect of it as well.
0: Yeah, I think that's one of the bigger opportunities that's available is licensing and placements in commercials, TV shows, and video games another aspect that you know we should talk about and I was going to raise courses online business and we kind of been referring to it and talking about it throughout this podcast episode as well but maybe just to give some more you know, concrete examples, how you might review, use reviews in your business. The first type of review that we would often use is just a product review of some kind. Like, let's say, you know, Mavine's in the personal development space. So discoveryourlifetoday.com, he might review a personal development book and he may not have any affiliation with that beyond maybe the fact that he's an Amazon affiliate and then he can earn commissions on sales of that book through Amazon. It may never add up to like tons of income, but like you, If you have enough of those, obviously, it can totally add up. It's really, in a sense, it's about quantity, but you want to provide quality reviews. The next thing that you might do is, like, product comparisons. So, and I think this is especially valuable in something like the SaaS app space. That's software software as a service if you're not familiar with it. Everything from like Hootsuite and Meet Edgar to so many others would all be, you know, Buffer app would all be examples of SaaS apps that are that are available out there, which basically you just you know, you pay a subscription At a certain level, depending on the size of your business, and then you you would pay out on a monthly basis to utilize their software, which they've built on on an online platform doing product comparisons, as long as it's like an honest comparison between your product and other products, I think. That's really the best way to approach it. If you're overinflating yourself every time, I think people will just see right through that. Also, if it's an honest comparison, people might go, "Hey, you know, thank you so much for introducing me to this other one. That that because that, that's the right one for me right now." But then those people are just going to keep coming back to you later for for good advice and content and all that kind of stuff, and may become future customers down the line. So you have to be thinking long term when you're doing product comparisons and things like that. But this can totally apply to, we already gave the example of books, but e-commerce business and SaaS businesses and a variety of others. I mean, with e-commerce, you could do the same thing. You could compare your product to somebody else's product or a bunch of popular options and say, hey, you know, here's what ours does. It doesn't do this and this, which this other product does, but ours does do this and nobody else's product does that. And those sorts of product reviews or product comparisons can be super helpful in building your business.
1: Right. No, you said it well. And that's the thing, right? Even if you have a link for um, Amazon, which we talked about, and like you mentioned again, so that's part of your affiliate, right? So if you provide good enough value in your content, people are more likely to click on it, right? And uh, want to purchase that book because they find a reason to purchase that book and learn more about what is being said because obviously when I'm doing the reviews, I'm not, I can't give the whole book away in the review because I want people to enjoy the book just like I did as well as there's something that you get from when you read a book yourself, um, you know, versus having someone narrate that book to you in, in, um, in a two page or, or five pages, right? So you don't necessarily get all the meat and potatoes and the examples that the author gives because, again, I can't, I don't want to use the author's examples in my writing because they're not my examples, right? Uh, and then, same things for yourself. I know in the music uh, entrepreneur HQ, what you've done is you have a book yourself, and, and what I've done is said, you know, what? I, wrote, I read that book before you published it, which was an awesome um, thing that you allowed me to do because I had the opportunity to not only read your book and take the, some really good ideas from it, I also had the opportunity to say hey you know what uh, I can use this and I'm not even in music so uh, I did that and, and it mm-hmm. gave me the ideas of, I could also edit other people's books I and mean, if I could edit other people's books I can write other people's books so or I can write my own books for other people to read it's kind of my own to say sorry and but it, it taught me that I can do these things because I was able to do that and because I thought the, your book was great and it helped me. I know it could help other people. I do have it as a an Amazon link on, on my website as well because I thought it was a great product that other people can benefit from in the music space or not.
0: That's a really great point. Yeah, because you can get other people to review your products or your books too, which in my case, you know, getting Amazon reviews is important. I don't have a ton of them, but, you know, I have a couple of people have been gracious enough to review my book on Amazon and, and there was even one, there might even be more that I'm not aware of, but there was one person that even reviewed it on their own blog. And although obviously those kinds of, you know, testimonials and links and reviews can help you sell your product too which I think is what the business uh, Thomason is built built on T-O-M-O-S-O-N if you go to their website you'll see that you know the whole premise is for you to or for them to line you up with re- product review opportunities so you can go and check out what's available and who's, who might be willing to review your product and approve the ones that you want to be approved and obviously if if you want to get really good quality reviews then you're probably going to be paying more for that placement on their blog or website but it is a great way for you to start getting reviews if you just don't know where to start
1: right and I mean obviously you can get organic reviews that's obviously the, the first Best, thing you want to do yeah. right? if you don't want to pay for things because you could end up paying thousands and thousands of dollars and they may not give you the the kind of results you're looking for, or mm-hmm. they can. On the flip side, right? So it really depends on your strategy on it. So um, I think if you're using organic, which is wonderful, people are linking and doing blogs. I mean, on your book, that's wonderful. Uh, it's a great way to even have your website rank higher. From what I understand, on SEO uh, because of the SEO um, strategies that Google has in place. So through their algorithms, you want other people's testimonials because that that really shows that you're uh, you know you're doing great at what in your space, right? And that's what Google is looking for
0: yeah like itunes reviews helps you know us get the podcast out there it gets out to way more people they're quite helpful and it's the same thing on amazon if people review your product it gets out there it gets out to more people it becomes more relevant and if you get you know reviews on a, from other people's blogs, the SEO value is often that backlink. And that can really build over time. If you have a ton of people that have reviewed your stuff and, and have linked to you, it may not be instantaneous, but we know that SEO is a long-term strategy. So over the long term, that can definitely pay off.
1: Well, even just on the flip side too, like I know a lot of times where we want people to, you know, just find us, review our, our, um, our products or whatever our website's telling them to do or leave a comment. Uh, but sometimes we forget leaving to, you know, contact the people that we're talking about. So, for example, I know uh, we've probably n- dropped well over 20 names on this podcast Easily. alone. Uh, but it is, you know, now up to us once we're done this one, plus going back to anyone's we may have not done this on, is going back and contacting those people and saying, hey, you're, you know, we talked about you on this podcast. You know, this is kind of what we said. Here's a link. Take a look at it. Uh, would you mind sharing this link with your people? Because it's a great way, one, uh, to network with somebody that's maybe not necessarily somebody you get to network with work with all the time it's also another great way to get your name out there Uh, people linking to you can also then help uh, help uh, help you rank higher with uh, SEO uh, according to Google so uh, you know there's so many great ways to do it and you can take all this things that's fun and you know and to do because blogging is fun podcasting this is a great thing that we do uh right now we we do it for free we're not we don't have sponsors necessarily that are paying us thousands of dollars Mm -hmm. to do this and saying hey you know tell us tell us uh tell everybody about us right but because we see a value in this because we're able to provide value for the people first then uh, on the back end you know because we'll be able to provide value you know the people will understand why we have certain products which we have one coming out which we're pretty excited to mention in the next little while uh So stay tuned for that. Just a little plug for our product. Um, But we do have that, right? So we can show people there is value in us. And of course, we do the work. So we should have some sort of profit in the end as well
0: and I, that is great and i think it is almost a form of influencer marketing maybe not in the traditional sense but just you know you you mention them in your your blog post or your guide or your ebook or your podcast or whatever so you reach out to them and say hey you were you were in this if nothing else people are just thankful right they say thank you that's great and sometimes in the case of something like i interviewed jack conti over email recently just one question email but he gave me some good stuff to to go with to write a full blog post on and he retweeted it right so that gets out to more people and i get more instagram followers more people curious and interested about what i'm doing gets me in front of a bigger audience i mean don't overestimate what that's Going to do for you because it may not get you out to thousands of people instantly, but you might get a bunch more traffic that day, a bunch more people following you and interested in what you're doing. So, if you the combined effect of doing that over and over again, right, paying attention to what gets results and doing it and replicating it and doing it again, that I mean, that model would work for me. I could do one question interviews with a ton of people and get more responses and talk more about it on my blog and then get them to share it and get in front of a bigger audience,
1: right? And that's a great way to do it too, where you get to know people, you're not bombarded people with like you know lengthy emails because not everybody's yeah. got time for it and it kind of goes down to that principle I think you know do you want a million dollars today or would you rather have a penny uh, for 30 days doubled uh, a penny doubled for 30 days you know and a lot of people might just jump on the million t- dollars or two million or three million dollars whatever I offer them but you know if you take a penny every single day and just like the penny being an audience right your audience grows slowly it might only double slowly but as it starts growing and picking up momentum that audience starts doubling and tripling and quadrupling and And it becomes huge and massive and it slowly gets out of control because, you know, you've been able to provide value, but all those people you provided value to slowly doubled, you know, and they started seeing the value. And, and people don't necessarily va- see value in us as podcasters or bloggers right away. It does take time sometimes because they say, well, I like what this person's doing. I'm going to go back to their blog every couple of days or every day or however often we post. And then they, they like us and then they slowly decide to tell their friends and then their friends get on there and they might do the same thing. So it is a slow growth sometimes, but it can also be a fast growth. It doesn't have to be slow.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And that's the whole thing, too, of, of name recognition or whatever. Like if we were Leo Laporte or James Schramko or Neil Patel, maybe people would instantly come to us and say, oh, yeah, we're, we follow using your power. We listen to using your power every single day. We love every episode. But, you know, we're not it hasn't necessarily come to that point. And there are other reasons, too. It's not just about being an established personality, but that can certainly factor into kind of the exposure that you get early on.
1: Right. And I do like the idea that, you know, even people like James or Neil, where they weren't household names, uh, you know. And maybe even aren't today. Yeah. And they might not be today, but more and more people know about them and they've been able Mm -hmm. to make that name for themselves and not, they, they started kind of when the internet was still, internet business was still growing. Right. So, I mean, we have huge advantages over them realistically because they had to grow their, the business to where it is today. Well, we can just learn from what they did and yeah. and do it in leaps and bounds, right? And that's kind of what I'm doing with with you, right? I mean, you've been doing this for about ten years, give or take. I always give a brand new number every single time I like, think of this yeah, example. Yeah, it's something like that, you know. But um, <laughs> but I've been able to stand on your shoulder, right? Stand on the stand on the shoulder of giants and look at what you've done, use what you've done, and try to do it better, faster, smarter, leaner, cleaner, whatever you want to say, right? But I keep learning from you because you keep learning new things as well so it's like, oh man every time I feel like I'm getting caught up I'm still behind because there's so many new things to learn so many new things to implement and that's what makes it fun too about making when you're making products and creating products I know with you having books out there uh, you know I'm also looking at creating two books and whatnot and have written them out already I'm still in the editing phase I've kind of put them on the shelf for a bit uh, figuring out what I'm gonna do with them first and how exactly to market and have the right strategy but there is a fun component component on writing books and then finding a way to profit from them in the future. Yeah. I mean, the
0: great thing about that too, is we learned from James Schramko, the own the race course strategy, and it really is amazing. And he even had that as a free course. I know he has a better version within his membership community. So that's awesome. I think you can still find, you know, traces of it on YouTube or even on his website talking about this, this particular strategy. But when I, you know, took the course, it was still open and I was able to take the whole thing along with a few bonus things. And I thought, this is amazing. You know, this is in, in insane free value that I'm getting here. And so that, that to your point of, you know, standing on the, the, the giants and seeing further ahead, I think that that's huge.
1: Yeah, no, you have to, right? I mean, and that's the whole idea of, of uh, learning from different people in the industry who've done things. And that's kind of what I was saying about the gaming earlier, right? You may have not thought of those strategies earlier because one, they weren't on top of mind and there wasn't a giant to stand on quite yet who had already done something similar. Um, sometimes you are the giant and sometimes you have to find the giant, right? And mm-hmm. if you understand that analogy and, and um, it's, you know, it's all within timing.
0: Yeah. And it's also about, I think, just bringing your own personality into it you know, copying everything note for note doesn't necessarily work. And it can also be a problem with potential legal problems, copyright problems, trademark problems, or even just people that are upset with you because they're like, yeah, you just copied and pasted my content on your site without permission. What the heck are you doing? So it's not about copying, but it it is about taking inspiration from others.
1: Absolutely. You can take inspiration and do things a very different way, right? And I know one of the examples we learned was in network marketing, right? And uh, I know we come back to this because this is something we both have in common. And, you know, uh, if you like network marketing or don't like network marketing, that's okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, There are still some... It's not going to hurt our feelings. Yeah, it doesn't (laughs) hurt my feelings or David's feelings (laughs) here. But the things was, you know, I have my own personal points on them. We've shared them on different episodes, uh, you know, so we're not going to share them over here again. Uh, but, you know, um, there are some great things that we learned from network marketing. One of them is, I, I learned was, you know, at, at the beginning, I think I joined network marketing for fun, realistically, right? And it was different products and, and things that I could try and taste and touch and feel and, and use mm-hmm. and see what they did for me. And and after I found that there was a way to create profit because in, in any sort of network marketing, if you're thinking of it as network marketing, that's all you're gonna think of it as. But once I thought started looking at it as an actual business, uh, I, I found that, yeah, I could actually take the products I have, give them to people, and say, hey, give it a try. Let me know what you think. And I was asking them for reviews. Say, hey, you tell me what you think about this product, I could tell people all the time, "Hey, this this can of uh, you know energy drink is a great energy drink, and you should try it because of this, this, and that." And my words are only going to sell them so much, but as soon as they actually. I give them a can, they crack it open, they take a sip, they've sold themselves if it's a good or a bad drink, right? So uh, I thought that was a way more powerful way to do it. And sometimes, you know, that does work for all the things that we've talked about here today too, right? Um, It's a great strategy to use. Sometimes us telling people doesn't always work. Sometimes they need to tell us what they think about what we're doing.
0: Yeah, and that's also a great point of just credibility indicators, right? Like if you go to a website and they have those familiar badges of Better Business Bureau and VeriSign and those kinds of things... Hey, you know, that builds the trust instantly with a customer and now they know the different payment methods that they can use on your site and they can see that, you know, you've you've registered with these proper places to be validated as as a proper business. So yeah, I think building credibility and trust can make a big difference. And sometimes having that third party voice in there, like you said, Mav, is huge. You know, you could promote a write a review for a product that you're an affiliate for and then also include maybe a sound bit that you were able to get from that person as well and they said hey you know we would like your review and this is why I think you know blah blah blah's review is great and and why I would also recommend the product and having that third party endorsement all of a sudden adds a huge boost to credibility
1: exactly sometimes you can't keep patting yourself on the back right you do got to get other people saying that you're doing a great job because you know there's only so much I find that people will believe what you keep saying Uh, people love results right results speak for themselves. So when you have other people trying your products and saying, "Hey, you know, take a look at this product. Tell me what you think or try it. Put it on whatever it is," and they like it because you know you're not gonna uh, promote a product to somebody that you don't think they're gonna actually like your product. You're you're gonna do your figure out what your person that you're um, you're gonna promote this product to is actually gonna like and enjoy, and you're gonna find a product to tell them to try based on. positive, because you're looking for a positive testimonial, so you're going to find ways to find a positive testimonial, you know, so if if it's an energy drink, if this person says, I hate energy drinks, well, don't give them an energy drink, give them something a little different, right, but, if so look for ways to find positive reviews, and when you do, um, you then get that Recording, or you get them to write it down, or you or you, you, get them to come on your podcast and give that review, right? Because that could be a huge way for thousands of people to find out, and it's not coming from yourself, right? So, similar thing like I do, I did for your book, for example, right? Because I read it, I really did enjoy it, I did find some great con- uh, information out of it. Even though I'm not in the music industry, I still said, Hey, you know, what? I can still use this for podcasting, or I can still mm-hmm. use this to grow my Instagram account or my Facebook account or whatever, uh, because these are still great principles, regardless regardless. regardless of where you are.
0: Yeah. And that's also to a point of of just relevance, like with the music entrepreneur audience, some of them are just no brainers, like a record label in a box. Well, do people want to learn how to start their own record labels? Yeah. Would they like to do it affordably? Yeah. Do they want to, to, you know, to be able to set up quickly and and have some of the things automated so that they don't have to handle the whole shebang? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, that's the value proposition is is obvious once you you dig deeper into it.
1: Yeah, for sure. Right. And that's what you want, right? And that's one things I learned from network marketing was uh, there are so many different ways and if you just like I said if you think of network marketing as network marketing that's all you're going to think of it as but as soon as you start applying the actual business principles behind it then you can take those principles and we can apply them to blogging and podcasting and YouTubing or whatever you enjoy doing and whole however you uh, decide to connect to your audience that you want to listen to.
0: Yeah, Absolutely. So are we about ready to wrap this one up?
1: You know, I do have one more example. I'll maybe hold it as a teaser and maybe we can uh, do this one uh, when we do another episode on uh, that's similar. Yeah, okay. How's that?
0: Well, so when we do something else about reviews, you'll bring it up?
1: Yeah, so we'll just call this one Nine Reviews for Product Fun and Profit. Okay,
0: <laughs> great. Well, thanks so much for joining us today. You, of course, can go to Using Your Power to listen to more episodes and leave us a comment while you're there. You can go just into the show notes, leave a comment, and while you're there, just click on that banner that says 10 Simple Ways to Unleash Your Personal Power. That's our free audio to you. You can also click on the Facebook Messenger icon to send us an instant message that way. And also leave a comment on YouTube since we always upload our, our podcasts to YouTube as well
1: absolutely so maybe what we'll do is i can give my next example we won't go too far into discussion on it but i'll give it to it on our next talk which is on uh, the big fish in a small pond versus a small fish in a big pond talk how's that
0: sounds great and that's an interesting episode so i look forward to that one stay tuned all right we'll talk to you next time have a great
1: day